0: Hello, and welcome to episode 18 of So Unbecoming. I'm Jamie Muskoff, and as we're getting closer to the holidays, I just want to say a special thank you to everyone who's standing the watch out there in uniform and all of you who are keeping things together on the home front. I appreciate your sacrifices and hard work every day, and I'm so grateful to produce podcasts in service to you. I listened to a podcast yesterday by Michelle Berry Franco called Thought Leadership School, and it made me think of the conversation I'm about to share with you today with the incredible Marla Bautista. Marla is an Army spouse, a mom, a writer, and she's all about leading from her own story. When I had this conversation with Marla a while back, I really thought I need to do a so on becoming the after show because she and I talked for a long time after I stopped recording about the things she shared during the interview. I know you're going to be inspired when you hear her too. So let's get to my conversation with writer Marla Bautista. So welcome. I'm so happy that we're able to talk today. Give us a little bit of background on you. Tell us your name and where you're from, where you're now, and uh, and what you do.
1: My name is Marla Bautista. I am an Army wife. I am originally from California, um, but was raised in Denver, Colorado, and I currently live in Fort Drum, New York. So that's that's a big transition from you know, all the way from the West Coast to the East Coast. Um, But I am a military spouse. I'm an army wife of 11 years. I actually married my husband after um, meeting him 30 days prior. So that's a story (laughs) for another day. Um, um, But so the beginning of our marriage was kind of rough. You know, I was working full time and my husband was in the army reserves, which really didn't make any money. Um, It didn't pay any of our bills. And so we were kind of struggling financially. Um, My husband got, he got a temporary job working in a warehouse. um, And this kind of helped us financially, but it wasn't enough. Um, And then I actually ended up getting pregnant. And so I was like, hey, something's got to change. Like I'm working my butt off. I was working full time, plus overtime, plus doing side jobs um, and picking up dog poop on the weekends isn't a cool side job just saying
0: no Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) So I was doing that and so I was pregnant and that wasn't you know the best thing to do um and so my husband and I decided that him going active duty would be the best for for both of us so Mm -hmm. ended up going active duty in the army and our first active duty station was Schofield Barracks Hawaii and so we actually moved over there. I actually ended up having a miscarriage, unfortunately. Um, so when we moved over there, he jumped straight into Army life. We lived on post. He went straight away to training um, on the, and then he was to get deployed. Now, like I said earlier, we had only known each other 30 days prior to getting married. This all happened within about Four months of us being married, we were moving to Hawaii, and he was already gone on his first And so less than a year of us being married, we were preparing for a deployment to Iraq. Um, And so that was really hard for me. Um, I had quit my job in Denver because I, you know, I could, of course, I couldn't transfer my job. I worked in the hospitality industry. And so when we got to Hawaii, I actually was looking for jobs. There's a lot of hospitality jobs in Hawaii. Um, And so I actually um, interviewed and got a job there. Um, And right before my husband deployed, we went to pre-deployment counseling, which is amazing um, because we're allowed to talk about our expectations during deployment um, with our spouse. And so we were talking about it and my husband's like, well, if you're working, how would I call you? How can I talk to you? And I'm like, "Um, I don't know, but I'm going to work. (laughs) So all of a sudden, life looked different as an Army spouse. Mm -hmm. I was no longer that independent working woman. I now was an Army wife whose sole purpose, in my opinion, was to take care of my soldier. And Mm -hmm. so I took on that role um, of taking care of my soldier. I didn't take the job. um, And when my soldier got deployed, I sat at home. I did a little bit of volunteering. Um, took some classes at the Army Community Service. Ultimately, my life was surrounded in taking care of my soldier. Um, I kind of lost myself in that. Mm -hmm. And that was a few years of my life. Um, was just taking care of him, preparing for that deployment and then going through that 12 month deployment as we had before and, you know, waiting by the phone. And this was all before Facebook. So if the phones didn't ring, if you didn't receive that phone call from your husband, now you were, you know, tense, you had anxiety because something happened. Usually when something happened, they cut the phones off down in Iraq and there was no outside communication. So you didn't know if your husband was okay or, you know, whatnot. So it was a very hard time for me. Um, over the years, I pretty much solely focused on him. I began having children, and then my focus was on my children. So ultimately, I kind of lost myself. I lost my own identity. I lost that independent woman I used to be. Um, so over time, I had to learn how to get that back.
0: So what was the thing that was was it your children reaching a certain age, or was it your husband reaching a certain point in his career? It kind of gave you what? What was your green light, Marla? Go for it moment.
1: <laughs> so my go for it moment, and this is gonna kind of be a little funky because it's not a great go for a moment. But actually, when my my light went off inside of my head was mm-hmm. when we had a situation of infidelity in mm-hmm. our marriage. Mm-hmm and that's when i realized that i had lost myself Mm -hmm. i realized that i was doing so much for this other person and i i wasn't giving anything to myself Mm -hmm. and when that happened i realized that not only was i not giving something to myself but he was also seeking something somewhere else Mm -hmm. and so Ultimately, it was almost like a double whammy. And so at that moment, it clicked inside me that you've got to do better for yourself because you can't, you can give all of yourself to someone, but that doesn't mean that that's going to be reciprocated, nor does that mean that will fulfill you. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't fulfilling me. And so I had to do better for myself. I was literally spending years at home just taking care of my kids and my husband and we'd go to these functions and you know you'd meet that spouse that that has that full-time job mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh what unit what, is your husband in she's like oh I don't know <laughs> Girl, I have... <laughs> and I I began to realize that my whole life was consumed by my soldier mm-hmm. my entire existence was about him and I would have never known that it was almost a blessing in disguise. I hate to say that, but it was a disguise because if that would have never happened, would I have noticed that I lost myself? No, because I thought that was the whole point of my existence at that point, because I got so trained into just taking care of kids. And over the years, you get lost in that.
0: Mm -hmm. And
1: I really, that woman I used to be, that woman was gone.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that. Wow, that is a big revelation, and I think I I certainly can relate to that story. And I definitely had my, you know, I, I, I would say I had a green light moment, and fortunately, it wasn't that kind of moment. Um, but because that is a big wake up call. Um, but you know how incredible that you were able to work through that and work past that you're still married today and you're doing these phenomenal things. I mean, you're a military spouse of the year, you are a writer, you are all these incredible things and I I love that and I I love that you have come through that period of your life and just and you're just you're not just doing okay, you're doing phenomenally. <laughs> so tell us about some of the things that you did um we certainly don't have to go into the marriage part of, of overcoming that if you don't want to. But personally, what are the things that you did for yourself that was like, okay, I'm, this is how I'm going to get Marla back one piece at a time?
1: Well, the first thing that I had to do, in all honesty, was go to counseling. Mm-hmm. Um, and not just marital counseling, which is something that we did as well as a couple. Mm-hmm counseling for myself Mm -hmm. to kind of find out why I lost myself in the first place what happened to make me um want to go down that path and and leave myself behind um because you can go down that path with your spouse and you can still maintain your sense of self Mm -hmm. um but then there's a lot of times where you know we're taught indirectly um in the military culture that our soldiers importance is is phenomenal. It's huge Mm -hmm. um, comparison to the, the importance of the family, Mm
0: -hmm. unfortunately.
1: Um, And so I kind of followed that path. So counseling was one of the first things that I did. And I realized, Hey, I actually want to do something with my life. I had aspired to be a writer. Um, I actually started college at the age of 17, going to community college and then life happened. And I ended up dropping out of college. And so when I was about 28 years old um, is after all this stuff happened and I did counseling, I realized, yes, I want to go to school, but I don't know how that looks or how to do it. Mm-hmm. So it was I went to the education center on um, post, and I talked to um, some of the advisors there. There's advisors from different schools often um, at a military installation. There's usually about four or five, maybe different schools, and so I talked to all of them just to find out, you know, what what path I should take. Mm-hmm. And so I was I was really intimidated. Now I've been out of college for over 10 years. Mm-hmm. I had no idea what that even looked like. And now I had two children Yeah, and I was in Germany at the time. And so I was like, I don't know how to do this. So I talked to them and I told them, I want to be a writer. Um, I don't know how to, to get into that field um, academically, but that's what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And i you have to be honest. So I was honest with them and said, Hey, I'm really scared. I don't want to take a full-time schedule because I don't know how that'll affect my life or the life of my children. Um, So if I can start slow, I'll do that. So one of the advisors suggested, Hey, take one class. Mm -hmm. You can take one class at a time and you can do it online if you want to. You don't have to physically go To a school center um, to receive your education. You can do it online. Mm -hmm. And so this was like, oh my gosh, it was so amazing for me to hear this because this was something that I could start off slow and kind of work my way into it. Um, So I started off taking one class at a time. I was actually majoring in English. Um, I took one class at a time and the school I was going to uh, was amazing because not only did they offer online classes, but they offered um, hybrid classes and in-classroom classes as well um, at the education center. Um, so I was really grateful for that. I had options. And that's one of the biggest things for me. Um, with the, you know, stepping into school was that I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I needed those options um there for me so that I can say, okay, I wanna do this, but if I change my mind, that's okay too. Mm-hmm. And so that was that was really important for me. And so one of the first things was, you know, getting that class schedule down. So I met with the advisors. I registered for school. Oftentimes as a military spouse, your registration is uh, free or low cost. Um, And so I registered for school and I got my class schedule um, and I was only taking one class. I filled out my FAFSA. And a lot of people don't know that if you go to scholarships.com, there are thousands of scholarships for different things, for military mm-hmm. spouses, for people of color, for disabled people. There are so many different categories of scholarships that you can get that are that is free money that you will not have to be required to pay back. All mm-hmm. you have to do is pass your classes. And so for me, that was an avenue that I took. I visited scholarships.com. And I filled out scholarship applications. I used FAFSA, and I got um, Pell Grants from the government. And I also use um, Army Emergency Relief. I don't know um, specifically speaking for any other branches, but in the Army, um, Army Emergency Relief also in certain places will provide funding for school. Mm. And so I did that as well. And so I actually started college. I paid nothing. I paid $0 going to school. And this was another thing that impacted my education Mm -hmm. because, you know, all of these things are kind of scary. If you don't know where to begin, you're like, Oh, can I afford this? Do I have the time for this? And ultimately I could afford it because it was free <laughs> and I had time for it because I could take one class and I can do it online while my children were sleeping while they were, you know, going to daycare or there was just so many other options for me. Mm-hmm. So I was grateful for that. So I started going to school one class at a time and I ultimately built upon that one class as I felt comfortable. So I went one class and I started taking two classes. Um, all the way up to a full-time schedule. You don't have to do that. Mm-hmm. You can continue one class throughout the duration of your of your education. But I felt more comfortable as time went on. I was regaining that sense of self. Mm-hmm. I was confident what I was doing. And with that confidence, allowed that allowed me to continue on to do more. Mm-hmm. And so I continued to do that. And I ultimately um ended up getting my associate's degree in general studies with a Spanish background and I got my bachelor's in communications. I did switch my major and that's another thing that is super amazing about the school I went to. And many of the schools, you can you can change your major at any time. If you're mm-hmm. going to school, realize, hey, that's something I thought I liked, but kind of was a little more difficult than I thought it would be, or I just am no longer interested in that subject, you can change your major. Mm-hmm. And that's why I, I switched from English to communications, which to me is kind of in the same family, Mm -hmm. um, a little different. Mm -hmm. And so I was that and I received my associate and my bachelor's degree.
0: Awesome. I love that. So I heard a lot of really important things out of what you were talking about. The first thing was that you went into, you took advantage of a resource. So you knew that there were resources on post, um, and there are, there typically are in most military installations, um, so you went in and, but you also went in kind of knowing what it was that you wanted to do. You said, I want to be a writer. And honestly, I, and I will say probably my whole life, I wanted to be a writer as well. And you, you know how you go through your life where people are like, oh, writer, that's nice. It's like saying, I want to be a baseball player <laughs> or something. I don't know what it is. Like people uh, over the course of my life have been like a writer. That's kind of weird. But so I feel like you know i actually feel like that's quite a realistic goal especially these days but you know i i would i would also think it's important for anybody who's out there who's thinking they want to go back to school or wanting to do something to not see whatever it is they want to do as kind of a pipe dream at least start there <laughs> you know because i think you know the in the course of your story learning how you went from english to communication i think that makes a lot of sense because you know communication sort of puts you more in a place where you can quote unquote, do something with your degree, it makes it a little bit more actionable and specific. Which I think is great. Not that there's anything wrong with being an English major. I think there's lots of actionable things out of there, but certainly it's, it's pointed you in a direction that you followed. Uh, and I think that follows your natural abilities and talents. So, and I think that's the beautiful part about education. Um, so I heard that I heard you knew what you wanted. You took advantage of resources. You also looked for other resources, scholarships, super important. I think that's the big thing a lot of people don't know as military spouses is that you can take advantage of funding that's out there. It's not all military focused funding, even though you can absolutely take care of your, or take advantage of your spouse's GI bill if he or she so chooses to, um, give that to you. Fortunately, my spouse was very generous in the fact that he gave me his GI bill and I will, I'll never be able to repay him. Maybe I will, (laughs) but I feel like that was such a great gift. Um, and, uh, but you can take advantage of things like that. So definitely knowing that there are other resources to pay for things was was definitely important. And then I think the big thing that I loved about what you said, I loved it all. But one of the big things I loved about what you said is that you, re- you recognized you can do it a little at a time. Because, and I've talked about, it's kind of a theme that ends up coming up when I talk to military spouses is, you know, if you've been out of the game for a little while, or if you don't know where to go, everybody wants to go, go, go. We're very ambitious people, military spouses. <laughs> and I know you know that. So, and everybody wants to do everything all at the same time. And you want to go on, you know, everybody says you're supposed to finish college in four years. You're supposed to do things in certain timelines. And honestly, you know, that's not always realistic when it comes to what we do for you know, and what our life looks like, having children, et cetera, et cetera. So I love that you looked very realistically at your life and at the things that were required at that time, and said, Okay, I can ease into it one class at a time, and that it allowed you to build your confidence because that's certainly another thing that I see military spouses struggle with is the confidence to get back into education or get back into the into the workforce. So I love that that message. Um, what are So, And that all was kind of advice already, but what are some other things that you would tell military spouses who are hoping to restart or to grow their professional careers during active duty life, Um, whether whether it's related to education or just overall self-preparation?
1: So definitely um, getting involved in your community is one of the Biggest things that I see um, that we can do to kind of also help build confidence, but get back into the workforce. So if you volunteer, there are so many different positions and different entities you can volunteer in uh, within your post and outside of your military installation as well. So you can build your skills that way as well. Those are resume builders. When you Mm -hmm. go step field, like for instance, I'm in the communications field. Go volunteer at that local news station or newspaper. Go volunteer at the PAO's office if they allow. Um, Do an internship. Do an externship. If you want to get into the medical field, go volunteer at the Red Cross. Go take those steps to kind of get that experience in that field that you want to go into. That's very important. Um, Also, in line with getting your education is Mm -hmm. self-care. That's something that I eluded for so many years because I wasn't taught that. I wasn't taught to take care of myself. I was taught to take care of other people. And so I didn't even know how that looked or how to do it. And so taking care of myself was something that I had to learn along the way. You can be a great mom. You can be a great wife. You can be a great husband or you know, a great spouse in general, but you can still take care of yourself. You can do that too. Mm-hmm. Taking care of yourself not take away from other people. And this is something that I had to learn the hard way. I wasn't taking care of myself. I was giving everything I had to everyone else. And ultimately I lost myself and I had a, I had no sense of self-worth. Mm-hmm. And so gaining that back or keeping it is something that's very important to your transition back into the workforce and back into um, education.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Awesome. I love that. And I've loved learning about your experience because what a great story you have. (laughs) What a great, you know, timeline that you have. And, and I love that you're just a great example to military spouses overall as someone who has come through a lot of different struggles personally and, and achieved. So tell us one more thing (laughs) I'm going to ask you is what are some things that you're working on right now? Like, and, and how can people get in contact with you?
1: Um, so some of the things I work on, um, working on right now is I'm in the process of writing my children's book. And I actually, uh, my daughter is an artist. She's seven years old and she's won a lot of awards for her illustrations. So I am actually going to ask her to illustrate my book for me. And so Go I'm it. super excited about that. Um, and it's about um a little girl who was homeless but wanted to achieve her dreams. Mm. Um, so I am super excited about that. Um, and I just love to incorporate my children in the things that I'm doing. I incorporate them in volunteering, I try to teach them to you know, stay involved with the world and help make the world a better place. That's that's my biggest thing. So another thing that I'm doing is I advocate for people in need, for homeless people. Um, through my company, The Bautista Project, we pass out hygiene products and basic care items to people in need. Um, and so we've been working with a lot of different um, nonprofit organizations to get out there into the community and just to, you know, empower those communities to not only help the homeless people or the people in need, but to also empower them so that they can help themselves in the future. Um, and so that's another that's another project I'm working on outside of me being a writer, which is a real job, by the way. It's <laughs> absolutely <the job. laughs> um, absolutely. I actually had someone when you spoke about that being my dream. I actually had um, I had an experience where I talked to a guy in an employment assistance office and we were talking about, um, he helps people find jobs. And so I just went in there and I was just having a small talk type conversation with him. And he's like, well, you know, I can help you get into a job and get the education you want, but what do you want to do for a living? And I was like, I want to be a writer. And he's like, yeah, that's not a career field people go into. I was like, what? Ah, are you me? <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh. And I was like, everything inside of me wanted to like work out every magazine I've written for yeah. and every book I've written and all the articles I've written. But I was like, Oh, that's interesting. So right. it was kind of, it was kind of interesting to hear how people, um, who give work assistance, who give guidance, um, for people of trying to obtain employment, you know, view certain jobs mm-hmm. and so that That was pretty interesting to me, but that's actually what I do. I'm actually a writer by trade. Mm -hmm. I have a bachelor's degree in communication and that is what I do for money.
0: I love it. Yeah, absolutely. I <laughs> I feel like we've run into maybe similar people in life <laughs> because I, you know, and I think that that is a good fair word of warning. When you're out there working with different service providers, it's not that they're not great or that they have they don't have good intentions, but you know, always remember, we we talked about those those dream crushers out there. Some people will guide you based on their own internal limitations for themselves. And I think that's always important to step back and acknowledge that, you know, maybe that person is limited in their own scope of what it is they think is possible and not judge them, not hate on them, but, but just go, okay. You know, but you know, clearly being a writer is a possible thing because Marlo's is a writer and I love that. Eventually I will be a legit writer, <laughs> but for now we <laughs> will keep working on the other things I'm working on and keep writing on the side. But anyway, well, thank you so much for all of that great advice. Thanks for sharing your story, most of all. Um, And I am trying to end more episodes of the podcast with asking people what they are grateful for today. So what is a thing that you're grateful for today?
1: So today, um, as I spoke earlier, I live in Fort Drum, New York. And so today I am grateful for The sunshine. (laughs) We have sun today, people. We don't get sun very often. There's usually an overcast, rain, snow, or all three. So today we have sunshine and I am absolutely over the moon about it. I'm so happy. It changes your mood. The sun changes. It changes your life. And I am so happy and I'm in the sunshine today.
0: I love it. That's a great thing to be thankful for. I'm over in the Pacific Northwest still for a few more weeks. And uh, yeah, that sunshine is everything. It's like a million dollars being thrown, in, <laughs> thrown at my front door. I love it. I love it. So love it. thanks for that, Marla. And thanks for taking the time today. Awesome. Thank
1: you so much for having me.
0: Thank you so much for listening to this episode of So Becoming, Marla, I loved having you on the show. Now that I'm in Virginia and no longer in Washington State, I'm missing the Pacific Ocean and longing for warmth. I hope you are staying warm, happy, healthy, and grateful wherever you're listening from and are as inspired as I was by Marla's energy and her perseverance. I'd love to know what your green light moment was for yourself when you decided it was time to start thinking about getting back to work. If you download the app Flick Chat for podcasts, Look for So Unbecoming and let's have a conversation about it there. You can find out more about me and the show at sounbecoming.com. I look forward to sharing another conversation with you next week when I'll be talking money with Lacey Langford. I'll see you next Tuesday on Sew so Unbecoming. Bye for now.